They say every watch tells a story. Family. Moments. Lifetimes. With La Terrain, this is a watch that spans generations, not just from where it came from, but for where it will go. Knowing one of these, having one of these, is what? Being a professional, being casual, and being you is all about. From our family to yours, La Terrain. What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Air Raid Attack Podcast. We're back. First episode of 2022. And nonetheless, it's going to be a good one. Um, Jamie's out sick, so hopefully she uh, gets to feeling better soon. But Clyde, the pro Japan wrestling world champion, is uh, is joining us. He's really not the world pro champion now. It's just... You know, <laughs> <laughs> in case you guys get excited, but nonetheless, Claude, all the way from the beautiful state of Colorado, man, yeah. dude, happy new year, first of all. Thanks, man. You too, even though we're 27 days in, but still, who cares? No, it's it's fair. Yeah. Wasn't there a uh, curb your enthusiasm over the uh, happy new year? Have you ever seen curb your enthusiasm? Uh-huh. <laughs> I think it was like about this time of the year, and somebody came up to Larry and was like, Happy new year, and he's like, is it really happy new year <laughs> get to use that still it's three weeks in like yeah, i don't think you get to use that still no but who cares I'm, I'm gonna say it though happy new year happy new year brother and uh hopefully did you do anything fun on the on on your new year's holiday <clears throat> so i bought a new vehicle nice yes and i drove it to utah on New Year's Eve in a massive blizzard. And so, yeah, no, it wasn't fun. But I did get to see some friends and family that I haven't seen in a long time. So that was cool. Um, one of my buddies actually passed away oh, on no. New Year's. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, his funeral was today, actually. Oh, so, that sucks, dude. Yeah, so I have that going on today. But it was nice to see all my old friends and and uh all that stuff today too so it was good we got together oh. but not to be a drag i don't want to be a drag uh other than that everything is great man well i'm glad i'm glad you had a good time and uh i'm glad you made it through their blizzard that's that's obviously your safe and sound well i have maybe the best vehicle on the market in the snow to drive in those winter conditions so i'm pretty stoked about it but uh, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening. Um, as always, listen to us on Google, Apple, all that good stuff. But first things first, uh, Clyde, uh, Broncos country woke up. For me, it was about four-ish, five-ish in the morning to a notification from NFL.com that the Denver Broncos has hired 
uh, Nathaniel Hackett, the Green Bay Packers offensive coordinator, which I love it. He was my top choice on my personal personal top three list, which consists of uh, Hackett, uh, O'Donnell out at the Los Angeles, and Dan Quinn, even though I really wasn't going that route. But nonetheless, we got our guy, Clyde. Yeah. Ooh, big news, man. Um, yeah, great news. Uh, I think it also means that we may be getting a new quarterback very soon. Hey. That's when we, you know, I got to support Drew Locke here, but here, here's the deal. <laughs> here's here. I'm not going all you know, tr- uh, no Trump, uh, Drew Locke, Drew Locke thing. But Nathaniel Hackett back in 2019 had his eyes on Drew Locke. Yes, it's a legit, it's a legit topic. Yeah, here we go again with the quarterback. Obviously. If mm-hmm. we, all, we got Hackett, which means we've got to be a top contender when it comes to the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes, respectfully. We would have to be. Yes. Devontae Adams would be a nice piece to add, but we'll, you know, I'm, we got to get a quarterback. Doesn't matter who the receiver is. But if you're Drew Locke, are you liking this hire or are you kind of like, crap, here we go again? I'm probably going to be out the door at this rate. No. Um, relationships are all about, uh, like vibing, right? Like, like mm-hmm. jiving and Drew seems to be like a high energy guy, right? Like dance and, you know, all the things that I kind of give him crap about. He's, he's high energy. If anything, right. he's high energy. Right. And so you bring a coach like Nathaniel Hackett, who's mm-hmm. also high energy and it just kind of feels like those two are going to jive together really well. So maybe you could see a renaissance for a Drew Locke. Maybe, you know, maybe this is why he was hired, Nathaniel Hackett. If, you know, maybe we don't get 12 to come to Denver, mm-hmm. we still may be able to salvage a Drew Locke in a system that seems to fit him better. With right. coaches who have higher energy that seem to would seem to mesh better with his personality, and maybe get the ball rolling on on uh, his career. So I think it's I think Drew Locke today is a big win for Drew Locke. Even of the talk about Aaron Rodgers, I think today is a I think today Drew Locke won. Yeah, I would have to, I definitely say. And, you know, I'm not knocking, you know, potentially Aaron Rodgers coming to Denver at this rate. I just want us to get back into the playoffs. Um, but He would get us there. Oh, well, absolutely he will. <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely he will. He will. We, would, and, we would be uh, in the playoffs. Oh, by, and absolutely. And, and, as a, and, and as a contender, I'm not saying we're to win the division, but you would have to put us up in the race to, to potentially dethrone Kansas City's little – Tenure that they've been having in the AFC West since obviously we haven't been existent in six years, but I like it. I like the hire. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think uh, it's a great hire. Just the energy, just from the energy and the teaching standpoint, it's a great hire. And plus, you know, Nathaniel Hackett's been around the NFL since he was two. You know, with his his dad was Paul Hackett, mm-hmm. who was an offensive coordinator under uh, Bill Walsh. Mm-hmm. And Seifert, George Seifert, gave him an OC job too, I believe. 
I think he was right. on those. I'm pretty sure he was on those Super Bowl champion teams in the late '80s as an OC or quarterback coach, something like that. So, I mean, when when Joe Montana is throwing you passes as a five year old, you're you you've been around. Well, absolutely. And if you look at the, you know, I'm looking at the Broncos. Uh, they did a um, kind of like a graphic with all the stats of of Hackett in a twenty in his twenty year career. The last two seasons, his offense is in Green Bay, ranked in the top ten. Which we all know, if you've been following Denver really closely, that we've had non-existent offenses in the last few years, especially, yeah. especially this year. Yeah. It, well, for the biggest problem with the Broncos' offense is low energy. We just sure. haven't had any any sort of energy on offense, so it's it's going to be a welcome change, if nothing else, from that standpoint. So, whether we're in the top ten or top fifteen, I don't really care as long as we're not boring and just. I don't want to have to take a nap on Sunday afternoon. I mean, I don't mind taking naps on Sunday afternoon if I'm watching baseball, but. <laughs> Watching the Broncos is not a good time to take a nap for me. <laughs> well, the Rockies baseball, dude, that can get pretty rough. Oh, dude, second. Well, after like, <laughs> about the fourth inning, you're like, dude, I'm, I'm taking a nap. Wake up at six a, you know, sixth inning or whatever, and watch a good comeback, and then watch whoever's on out of the bullpen getting blown up. It's always fun. But <laughs> I haven't heard. I know. Um, I know they were sending out rumors that of who might be a DC in the OC and so on and so forth. I think one of the assistants out in Los Angeles Rams is being mentioned as the uh, DC of, of Denver. I don't know much of him, so I can't really speak. But um, no, I like to hire. I mean, again, like you said, and it's you nail the nail on the coffin is the fact that. Uh, you know, he, he's full of energy. I think, you know, even with a Clyde or with a Clyde, with, with a Drew Locke uh, and, and you, Clyde. Um, but um, I think we could see Drew Locke in 2022. But again, depends on what uh, George Payton has up his sleeve in the offseason. Well, I think this hire uh, shows that we're going to go and get Aaron Rodgers. I think that's going to be the plan. Yep. That's plan A. But if, if we can't secure plan A, I think Drew Locke is probably. As Aaron Rodgers, what would you say the percentage would be for us? Realistically, I'm at 80% with this hire that we land Aaron Rodgers in Denver. I'm sorry, dude. No, you're good, man. My son fell down the stairs. Oh, Just... no. Is he all right? Um, They're bouncy, dude, when they're this young. So I think he's okay. Well, if he's got to, you know, if he's not all right, if you got to attend to him, man, definitely do so. I, I, yeah, I'm being, I'm trying to. Come on, bouncy kid. And you got to eat something. This is, this is my parenting style. Like, I'm showing off my parenting style right now. <laughs> the state of Colorado is going to pay you a visit. He just, right? Oh, no. They're going to come to my house. Did your kid bounce down the stairs? Like, yeah. Like a basketball. <laughs> and I attended to him live on a podcast. On a podcast. 
But first I muted the mic for like 10 minutes while he cried. And then I went and attended to him. God dang it. Yeah, terrible father. Dude, don't be a dad. If you're out there thinking about being a parent, don't. Just kidding. I love my kids. I, I, I love Parenting them. 101 from Clyde. <laughs> yeah, just make sure they're bouncy. Well, <laughs> in the pop quiz, Clyde's going to ask you, well, how long should you attend the kid? When they fall downstairs, started crying. It's 10 minutes, so everybody knows. I'm just kidding. That's not the honest to God truth. Yes, it is. <laughs> you got to give him at least five minutes to, to be like, yeah, that didn't hurt. I'm okay. <laughs> at least five. Can you move your arms and legs, fingers? Good. No, I think that uh, Aaron Rodgers definitely will definitely come to uh, to Denver. And if not, I mean, at least we, regardless, um, got a new head coach. And uh, I just hope we just get something. I'm tired of losing. I am also tired of losing. <sighs> but uh, no, I mean, now if we can get Devon, now if we can get Nathaniel Hackett, which we have, and if we can somehow grab Aaron Rodgers and grab Devontae Adams, I would absolutely 100% say this offseason was an A, regardless of what happens in the draft. Um, because I'm not liking this quarterback draft at all. I think the latest I saw, <clears throat> the latest that I saw the mock draft has us getting at nine, the quarterback, I believe, from Pittsburgh. All right, guys, I'm doing a podcast, so don't fight. And, and eat your dinner. Here, here you go. Sorry, man. Dude. <laughs> Dude. So sorry, bro. Nah, you good, my man. I was, I was totally, totally expecting to be free, but <laughs> dude, you good? This podcast, I like all last, last second stuff. What in the world? Normal. Normally, I can do it with my headset in, but apparently that doesn't work today. So that's why I'm running around like a chicken. I don't no. even think chickens have to have like their heads cut off to be running around like I am. You know, my dad always told me when he grew up, um, when he would always visit my grandmother's grandparents, his mom's grandparents, um, or his mom's parents would be his grandparents, I'll put it that way. He always remembered when they cut the chicken's head off that uh, they would run around literally for quite a while before they just f literally fall on the ground and die. He oh, said that. You've never seen that? that? Entertaining. Well, I've not, me personally, I've never seen that. No. Mm -mm. Oh no, dude. Yeah, it's a thing. the The craziest thing I've seen is my mother in law in Honduras. She's like this meek. You know, she's a sweet little lady, like really kind of unassuming and quiet, very quiet, soft spoken. Right. But one day she she's like, they have chickens in their yard. That's Everybody in Honduras, I guess, has chickens. And one day, one of the chickens was pecking at another chicken, and she told me, like, I don't like that yellow chicken. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And so she walked over to the yellow chicken and grabbed it by the neck and went, just like this, like lasso. 
and snapped that chicken's neck and then made soup out of it. And we had soup like an hour later. Wow. <laughs> That's what I said. Like, <laughs> bro. That is a different that's a different level, man. They're on a different level there in the jungle, homie. Dude, I think I think if people <clears throat> I think those people back in those days, dude, I swear, I think they're really truly MVPs compared to what we would do. We we would freak out that the internet was down and our phones were non-existent. Here they are swinging chicken around, cutting them off and doing all kinds of farming work. Oh, dude. Yeah, they do. They it yeah. They had my wife didn't have electricity at her house until she was 16. So they grew up without lights, without TV, without phone, without any of that stuff. So that gives you an idea. <clears throat> I don't know how hot it gets in Colorado because obviously I've never been there during the summertime. But here in Oklahoma, I'm just trying to visually think of what would have been like back in those days when literally it's 107 degrees outside and you have no AC unit. You're just, it's you and your windows and that's about it. I don't, I don't know how that would have worked, but I guess you would get used to it. I would imagine. Well, you better, <laughs> you do or you don't, <laughs> you know, there's what choice do you have? Well, that's true. It's like that scene in Inglorious Bastards. Have you seen Inglorious Bastards? Mm -hmm. When, when Maximilian, or no, what what is that guy's name? That they have that shootout in the basement, and then he's like, "Oh Lord, um, what was is that? Is that Maximilian was the kid's was the baby's name, right? He had a newborn baby. I believe so, yeah. And then he's like talking to uh, talking to Brad Pitt's character, and Brad Pitt's character's like. What choice do you have, son? Like we got that Mexican standoff. Like you got no choice in this matter. So I don't know why I just thought of that, but it just kind of feels like you, you. What choice do you have, son? That's just that mentality from from the from the early decades of the 20th century. They were just a much tougher, much more robust kind of person. And I think Honduras is behind, is like essentially coming out of the 40s right now. So, like, wow. that, yeah, those people have that mentality now that sort of were, were just tough, you know, they're just tough, solid, resilient people. So, yeah. Have, have you ever thought about living down in Honduras, moving from Colorado? Yeah, I do it all the time. Absolutely. It's beautiful, dude. It is beautiful there. Wow. I it's it's stunningly beautiful. It's like covered with volcanoes. So like everywhere you go is cone-shaped mountains. Mm -hmm. And they're and it's covered with like banana trees and it's just green but volcano, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's just gorgeous, man. Everywhere you look, it's beautiful. So yeah, I would love to retire there. Hopefully they adopt Bitcoin and I can move down there with crypto. <laughs> <laughs> and by land with uh, with uh, Bitcoin in the next couple of years, maybe ten years. People think you know. People make still make a joke of this crap, but uh, dude, it's it's the, it's going to be the real deal. 
Well, it already is in El Salvador, which is right next door to Honduras. So, I and every day for the last week, the uh, El Salvador president mm-hmm. has been uh, talking about Honduras because Honduras just they just inaugurated their their new president. Right. So he's he's always tweeting about Honduras and being like brothers again in and he wants them to join him in the Bitcoin revolution. So I think it's a matter of time when we see Bitcoin become national currency in Honduras even. Maybe. Cross your fingers. I think a lot of people is gonna have to, you know, I know, you know, um I got a few friends that's really into it. Um and of course a few that's kind of curious. I just think, you know, from a lot of people's standpoints, I think you're really going to have to at least start considering or at least look more into it because, you know, people call me, you know, you can say I'm crazy or whatever else you want to. But I'm telling you, this stuff's going to is going to be the new currency. And I think it gets to the point to where, you, you know, the United States or the world in general is starting to be less and less of cash. It's going to be more of a cashless society. I think this is where it comes in and kind of helps balance that out. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, it's uh it's it's so cool, man. What the the promise of like DeFi and play to earn gaming. Mm-hmm. Imagine being able to make like let's say fifty dollars a day playing video games. I mean that's not a lot in the United States necessarily. I wouldn't quit my job for fifty dollars a day, right? But Oh, Lord, no. But in Honduras, $50 a day, bro, I got my kids, both kids, haircuts, good, nice haircuts at a barber in Honduras for $1. I paid $1 for both of them to get their haircuts. Yeah. So imagine what $50 a day would be to like a regular Joe like me in Honduras. $50 a day is life-changing. Now, if you can play video games and make that kind of money play to earn you know games that they're going to be the next way i mean it's going to be a massive thing in the next five years and it's going to change a lot of people's lives especially those guys down there in honduras so it's it's going to be revolutionary to say the least so if they're going to be trading in nfts and in-game you know um crypto that you can convert to bitcoin it's it's only gonna it only makes more sense for them down there so a guy who can't find a job down there or it's very dangerous to go outside you can make money playing video games and it's going to be life-changing for some people now i don't know much about honduras and i don't want people to make them sound like i'm stupid but it's a legit it's legit Overall, where would you compare to? I'm not gonna get too much into your personal. No, it's okay. Personal bandana from your personal salary. I know you know what you do. Mm-hmm. How? Where would you rank down in Honduras? I'm just kind of curious. Uh, oh, dude, I'm rich. Are rich, you? bro. Rich. <laughs> where? Because you know, here in America, is like what. You got your upper class, your middle class, your lower mm-hmm. middle class, and of course, your poverty level. So I'm kind of curious, what, you know, obviously, what they because that country's different. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, um, I was kind of curious where you would rank. Uh, top 1%. 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 Top 1%.
I'm sure a lot of us would. Honestly, I hate saying that, but no, it would be true. Yeah, we're we're all yeah, yeah. Any gringo that moves down there is, if you could take your salary down there, you would be well off. You'd be fine. Yeah, you'd be able to buy a house, land, um, live comfortably, have somebody come over and clean your house, and you would only have to really make like twenty dollars, maybe maybe a hundred dollars a day. And you could live like a king down there, literally. Yeah. Wow. So on a hundred dollars a day, dude, it would be you would live in, you know, a really nice house. You would have quite a bit of land. You know, you would have mango trees, you know. It it, you would be fine. You'd be great. You'd be in really good shape down there for a hundred dollars a day. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why I think about it all the time. I'm like, damn, I could sell my house in Colorado mm. and just on the equity alone, you yep. live forever in Honduras. Easily. Easily. And for people that's out there that's listening or, or watching, like I know we got uh, for sure one viewer and he's flopping, so I don't know exactly how many are, how accurate this thing is. But if you don't know in the United States, uh, Colorado is one of the most what would you say? I want to say most expensive states, but it's darn getting close to it. Yeah, there's a few states. Uh, in California, probably more expensive. Uh, oh, New York, God. certain parts of New York, right? De- definitely more expensive. Uh, Washington, D.C., the mm-hmm. Beltway area is probably a little more expensive. But other than that, <laughs> I don't know if there's anybody more expensive than Colorado right now to live. Uh, maybe, you know... Utah, Colorado, they're both blowing up right now. So I would say Colorado is the top five, maybe ten state in the union for cost of living. Maybe maybe Hawaii too. But yeah. I forgot about Hawaii. Yeah, Hawaii. I don't think Hawaii counts though. That's that's probably the most expensive just because it's so finite there, you know. The land and everything imported. I mean, you gotta literally everything exactly. all come imported. Well, hell, mm-hmm. I think Alaska, I'm sure, is up there, but nobody Probably really talks about them because they're so far up there. I mean, Russia might well adopt them. Yeah, I do. We were just I was just doing this thing with my boys the other day talking about Alaska, and we discovered that we bought Alaska from mm-hmm. Russia. Yep. I think it was for like two cents an acre. Mm-hmm. And we bought the entire state of Alaska for like a hundred and maybe like two hundred thousand dollars in nineteen oh three. I don't last know. Frontier, literally yeah. last frontier. Last frontier, indeed. Yeah, you could go. You could go up and. Do, Jewel is from Alaska, so there's that. She was. <laughs> and she li- they they lived on a homestead in Alaska. Did you know that about Jewel? Mm-mm. Yeah, she's like a hardcore. She was hardcore like homestead. Her family's like hardcore homesteaders from Alaska. I watched a lot of those uh you know those uh ice truck no not ice truck but um uh Life Below Zero. Have you ever seen that show? Yeah, on Discovery? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Jewel's family, dude. Really? Yeah. That's her dad and brothers. 
God, dog. Yeah. Yeah, that's where that's why I brought that up. Like we did that, not know yeah. that. Yeah. That's where she grew up, dude. Those people are nuts. Bruh. I'm dead. Not, I respect them because obviously they're still doing it. But God dang it, they're nuts. Yeah. Yeah, Jules one of, that I listened to Jules podcast with Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. That was one of the greatest podcasts I've ever heard in my life. So shout out to JRE, but listen to Jules' story on, on the Joe Rogan podcast if anybody's out there getting a chance. But dude, so she's so cool. She's so cool, man. And her story is even better. So yeah, check check that story out from Jewel. And the reason why I love Jewel and to bring it back to the Broncos. 180 degrees here, right? We've are <laughs> going from Colorado to Honduras, now to Hawaii. And now back to the Broncos. So, Colorado. In Super Bowl 32, mm-hmm. Jewel sang the national anthem. That is right. Yep. Yeah. And so she moved to San Diego and got picked up as a recording artist in San Diego. All in the podcast. Check it out. But uh, she ended up singing the national anthem for the Super Bowl in San Diego, which just happened to be the Broncos' first Super Bowl championship. So I will always and forever be a fan of Jewel because that is who kicked off our season. Or our, our victory, our championship. So Dynasty. Yeah, the dynasty. The late 90s dynasty. You know, it'd be cool to ask. I would love, and it probably would never, ever happen, but you never know. It would be amazing to somehow get John Elway. Maybe not so much on the podcast, but just pull him to the side. Ooh. I want to know one thing. Ooh. Why did you go for a three-peat? It's never been done, and that team could have done it. Mm. I know TD messed up his torn his knee that year. Or was it mm. 2000? Yeah, it was 2000. No, 99. 99, yeah. 99. Yeah, 99. Yep. Yeah, it was the 97 wow. and 98 back-to-back championships. And then 99, he retired. <clears throat> I want to know that. I'm I'm just curious why. I mean, granted, he was, what, 40 at the time? But still, just give it one shot. 39, 30, someone else. Yeah, I think okay. he was 39. And he retired late. He retired in like did. Mm-hmm. April or like almost May. It was really late in that process. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I know uh, Al Will Al Williams Alfred Williams mm-hmm. was like, "Dude, why are you retiring now? Like in June? <laughs> why did you wait until after the draft to retire? Like, come on, well, man." Yeah. I mean, yet all your OTAs and summer camps about to start and preseason about to start. And all of a sudden, he just, I'm done. Yeah, that was a weird. The timing of it was more weird to me than him actually retiring because I I really thought that he would retire, but then he didn't retire, and then the then it was free agency came and went, and then the draft was coming up, and then he retired. Maybe it was like right before the draft that he retired, but it was like late April, early May when he finally was like, "Yeah, I'm not, I'm not coming back. I'm retiring." So yeah, the timing of it, I would like to know the timing of that decision. I kind of like to know if he had thoughts of coming back. Maybe that's why it's so late. 
Yeah, I'm sure he did. And he had such a good relationship at the time with, you know, obviously Pat Bowen, mm-hmm. but with Mike Shanahan too. So yeah, that, that was a, that was a weird, that was a weird retirement. Just who retires in May, you know? That was late. Cause usually if you're going to retire, usually it's a week or two after your final game, at least. Yeah. Cause he had all, cause they, they didn't, they played the Super Bowl in January still. Mm-hmm. So it was like this time of the year when they won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So you would have to think like all of February, all of March, all of March, and then some of April, at least some of you know draft season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was a that was, and I don't think he's ever really came out and said why he waited so long to retire either. No. I kind of hope, you know, maybe whenever his final day as a Bronco, just in general, uh, front office staff, I kind of would like to know, maybe he'll write a book. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd read Elway's book. Oh, heck yeah. I've been kind of down on Elway lately on Twitter. I, a lot of people has. I just, I don't know. I don't know why. I, I mean, I think it's just time. It's just time for him to retire. You know what I mean? I think it's time for him just to enjoy what's left. Just totally. enjoy life. Yeah, you're a grand. He's, he's got like nine grandkids. Like, go enjoy your grandkids. Dude, you're a first, obviously you're a Hall of Famer first ballot, which was no surprise. We all knew that. Mm-hmm. You have nothing else to prove. Your legacy as a GM yeah, wasn't the greatest. But, I mean, you brought in Peyton Manning, so I mean, I'll give you that. You got another Super Bowl out of that, but. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, it's just time. It just feels like it's a good time to ride off into the sunset. George Payton's got this. Don't <laughs> the, the new owners, they're going to be okay, I guess. I mean, it's it's time to. Even I read something. I don't know how much it is true nowadays, but. Because, you know, nobody writes about anything and make it true, but. Yeah. Supposedly, John Elway wants to have some part of the organization, uh, some part of ownership. Of course, yeah, he's always wanted to be that. He's always wanted to have ownership. There was, uh, you know, I bet you if you held his foot to the flame, they he would tell you that he was holding out that 99 season to have his salary paid to him in ownership. Mm-hmm. And do do you know the story of the Broncos ownership? I don't. I know it a little bit. Like I can give you some. Like I don't know it a hundred percent. The Kaiser family owned it. I don't know which Kaiser, what Kaiser's first name is, but Pat Bowen bought it from the Kaiser family, right? And the same Kaiser, the Kaiser Permanente people. That's that. That's that family. Gotcha. So Kaiser. When he sold the the Broncos to Bolin, if Bolin ever wanted to sell the team, he had a right of first refusal. Mm-hmm. And um, Bolin, I think, wanted to pay Elway in ownership for that last couple of years, either the last year or the last couple of years. And he would have gave Elway a big ownership stake um, if he were to come back for one more season, 
this is just speculation. I think this is right, right. But this has kind of been floated. But Kaiser um, sued Bolin for right of first refusal on that. So he couldn't pay Elway in ownership. So Elway couldn't be part of that group. He, he, he didn't get – and I think the lawsuit came out like in a weird time. So that's why Elway retired. Like, okay, I'm, if I'm not going to get ownership of the Broncos of some sort, then I don't want to play. And I think that's why he would probably say that. And <clears throat> this right of first refusal was recently just um, – I don't know. The ruling was ruled against Kaiser, the Kaiser family having that right of first refusal anymore. So that's opening. And that's what's recently opened the door for the Broncos to be sold. So that whole thing has been a thorn in Elway's side since the nineties. And now that the right of first refusal, like imagine, imagine if you could pay Elway, Let's say 10% ownership. Mm-hmm. Let's I'll give you 10% of the Denver Broncos value in 1999, which might have been like $30 million or $40 million, right? A, a, an NFL franchise might have cost $400 million back then. Well, imagine what 10% ownership stake looks like now. That $40 million could be worth $400 million. Oh, today. God, yeah. You know what I mean? Because the Broncos are going to be sold for $4 billion when they're sold in 2022. So Elway lost essentially in that deal, $400 million in theory. That, that's if he was getting 10% of the team. Right. right. And to be fair, that's a fair, fairly. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't, and it was something weird with the salary cap too. So it, it would have bypassed the salary cap. So it wouldn't have counted against the salary cap if he was getting paid in ownership, something like that. So it was such it was a win-win for Bolin to have Elway come back and he could pay him essentially with with ownership. So that was I mean, and and Kaiser sued the Broncos for that. Yep. So so that's that's the that's kind of the weird roundabout history of of the uh ownership situation with the Broncos and how it's it's relevant today. And oh. Elway's always wanted that stake, right? That 10%. And now who can afford 10% stake? $400 million. Elway's not even worth that much right now. Oh, Lord, no. I don't think. I mean, if he is, it's close, you know? Let's find out. <clears throat> so imagine Elway being able to Ten percent ownership today, he could have. He could essentially buy the the rest of the team. Just his net worth, according to playersbio.com, uh, John Elway's uh, net worth is one hundred forty five million. Yeah. So imagine he lost how he he lost. He could have tripled his net worth mm-hmm. by playing that last season for ownership stake in theory in 2022 and he could have control right now a lot more control over where the broncos go and 
who gets a say and this whole thing could have been avoided in a in in a weird way all the infighting could have been mitigated if Elway would have that big of a stake in the team which I think was the brilliance of Pat Bowen right he knew that Elway it would have been in good hands with Elway in his 40s and 50s but it never came to fruition and now today it's in a really weird bad place so ownership is going to change very soon unfortunately i and it's a shame that we have to talk about do they sell it to elway's group or to peyton manning's group or how do you get in and elway's really politicking right now to he calls um he's called up a few journalists in the denver area sports writers and ask them to write about him you know <laughs> like hey put in a good word for me essentially put in a good word say that i want to be part of this thing like i you know i'm really still interested in being a part of the broncos and i want to you know i want to be a bronco for life kind of thing kind of like a letter of recommendation in a way yeah he's really politicking to be part of this ownership group and it's weird because Peyton Manning is on the other side. Mm-hmm. He's part of an ownership group too. So now Bronco country and fans of, of the Broncos are having to choose between Peyton Manning and John Elway. It feels like a quarterback competition at ownership now. And it's it's a weird quarterback competition because it's the two greatest of all time, right? Oh, now the two greatest – quarterbacks of all time are in a competition to buy and own the Broncos. It it's really a fascinating it's really a fascinating story that doesn't get a lot of play. Now of course uh, we don't know who's all all in the running for the for the ownership of Denver. But let's just say it's between Peyton's group and, and John's group. Yeah. From your personal standpoint, who would you rather pick? Uh Peyton Manning. Yeah, I'm a Peyton Manning guy. My I, my my son likes Peyton Manning too. Obviously, nice. I think all the, the the new the new people, the new Broncos, the the post mm-hmm. millennium Bronco fans are going to be L, uh, Peyton Manning fans, right? Oh, of course, absolutely. That's all they know is is um, is Peyton Manning. Exactly. They don't know. They know Elway as 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 the guy who didn't take Josh Allen, or the guy who signed Peyton Manning, or Paxton Lynch, and Paxton, and Joe Flacco, and Case Keenum, Andrew Locke, ah! and, hired, and hired four coaches. How yep. many GMs get to hire four coaches, bro? Cleveland. Which GM in Cleveland hired four coaches? Well, that's true. They've both been fired the same year. Exactly. So I don't think there's a – there's not very many GMs <laughs> in the history of the NFL that ha- that got to hire four coaches. Now, would, now would Jared Jones count? Um, well, how many oh, coaches hey. does Jerry Jones have? He's wow. had what? No. Jimmy Johnson, Barry Switzer. Who else? I guess he probably had a, quite a few, huh? 
I guess that's not a fair that's not a fair question because he's practically the entire front office all in one. Right. And he's the owner. He gets he who's gonna fire him? He can't get fired, right? So yeah, Jerry other than being an owner who's had yeah, that's not a fair judgment on that. Yeah, no, realistically, for the exception of Dallas, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, nobody. I I can't imagine there being too many general managers that got to hire four coaches and dra- and listen, listen. He only had what eleven years, so mm-hmm. he was he was in Denver for eleven seasons as the GM in some sort of capacity, right? Ten or eleven. Yeah. <clears throat> and he hired four coaches, and he drafted. Four quarterbacks in the first two rounds. Ra- who, who did he draft? He, dra- he drafted Osweiler, Tebow. No, I don't think he drafted. He didn't draft Tebow. You don't, you think Josh McDaniels went to John like, hey, make the move up to? Uh... No, 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 no. Because John Elway was after Josh McDaniels. Ooh, I gotta look this one up. Yeah, Josh McDaniels got fired in 2010, and then they brought John Elway in in 2011. <clears throat> hmm. Yeah. So he didn't draft. He didn't have anything to do with the, the Tebow thing. But he traded Tebow. Well, he. Yeah, he definitely got. Yeah, he got. Uh, yeah, he so, was quick to exit him out. Yes, very quick. Well, he gave him one year, right? But it was it wasn't even really his year until like game six, and then after game six, Tebow Mania took over, and then he took him to the playoffs and won that playoff game in twenty eleven, and then after that, signed Peyton Manning. So you pay you signed Peyton Manning, great, that's awesome, first year, right? Brian Zanders, Brian Zanders, yeah, I Brian Zanders mm-hmm. was the GM. When they drafted Tebow, and John Elway took over in 2012. 2012 as the GM, mm-hmm. but he was part of that. He was part of the team in 2011. Correct. So he he got to draft Von Miller mm-hmm. along with Brian Zanders, yep. who was the de facto. He was the GM, but John Elway was the de facto general manager in 2011. He was just learning the job from Brian Sanders. <laughs> <clears throat> so, John Elway, his legacy will be how many quarterbacks did he draft in the first two rounds? At least three that I, I can think of right off the top of my head. And that's in 10 years. He drafted three quarterbacks in the first two rounds. Um, he signed... One, Peyton Manning, Joe Flacco, Casey yep. Keenum. Um, who else? Any Anybody else as free agents? So he had like free agents or trade or draft in the first two rounds, like seven or eight quarterbacks in 10 years. So obviously he was already there prior to – Tim Tebow was already there prior to. So you look at John mm-hmm. – he signed Peyton Manning. Traded Tim Tebow. Traded Tim Tebow. Drafted Brock Osweiler from Arizona State. He drafted Trevor, who was in seventh. Yeah, yeah, that's a seventh-round pick, though. That's kind of a... Paxton Paxton Lynch, who he put all in. He went all in, Paxton. Sucked. 
and that was a joke. But he didn't sign Case Keenum. Yep. He didn't say, well, that wasn't good enough. So we're gonna go Joe Flacco traded whatever it was, a second or what was it? Four, okay, there it is. Fourth it round. Fourth round pick, yeah. Brandon Allen, which whatever. I don't even know where he came from. And yeah. He went all in on Drew Locke, saying that this was the uh that this was the guy. Yep. And then of course Jeff Driscoll was just a free agent signing. Brett Ripon was a non uh he's a college free agent. Yeah. And they got Kendall Hinton, which is whatever. And then uh, that was that. So so seven quarterbacks that he either traded for, signed in free agency, or drafted in the first two rounds in 10 years. Four, he hired four coaches. Mm-hmm. He fired – essentially, he fired three of them. And Gary Kubiak quit on him. So – that's not a very good – I mean, that's the reason why I would rather have Peyton Manning. Even though, you know, I, I saw a thing on Twitter today, like, oh, you know, don't forget that Peyton Manning stood on the table to get uh, Gase, Adam Gase hired as a head coach twice. I mean – Yeah, but you can't knock out Peyton Manning for that, though. No, he's not the one hired. He's not the one. High. He's just giving a friend a, a recommendation. He's giving a friend a job recommendation, a reference. He was a reference on a job application, dude. Like, come on, man. That's not, that's not the same as what John Elway has done. No. His track record is – John Elway's track record as a GM, if you really look at it, you don't have to look very hard. You have to do very much work. Come on, man. Seven quarterbacks, trade for, free agent, or drafted in the first two rounds. Seven in ten years. Yep. Four coaches in ten years. Now you go, you go to, you go to a a franchise like Pittsburgh. They've had the same coach for fifteen years, the same quarterback for fifteen years. Mm-hmm. They haven't made they they've had one move like that in fifteen years. I'm glad you brought that up. Pittsburgh. We right. all know that. Ben Roethlisberger re- officially retires today after 18 years and two times. Uh, that's insane. Insane, dude. Imagine team. where do we get a guy like where do we get a guy like that in the draft? Those those things are like unicorns, man. Can you imagine 18 years with the same team? That's amazing. What a great career. Now this. Of course, this is going to be a lot of people because I know you know he had some uh, issues early in his career um, off the field. But would you consider Ben Big Ben a first ballot? Of course, of course, yeah, dude. Like I said, man, seeing how a guy like John Elway swung and missed so many times. <laughs> if if you could draft one. Roethlisberger, it changes the trajectory of your franchise. It it makes a franchise like the Pittsburgh Steelers elite for 15 to 18 years drafting a guy like that. that it's not just what he did and his numbers. It's how he elevated and kept that franchise relevant for every day of those 18 years. Yep. So yeah, just just Ben Roethlisberger is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in terms of what he did for his franchise alone. 
is is unparalleled. So yeah, absolutely. He is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Definitely. Yeah, start the clock. He's gonna be in the Hall of Fame in twenty twenty seven. What size jacket do you think he wears? <laughs> and remind you, he's uh, just gonna get he's probably not gonna gain he's gonna gain uh, more probably more weight before then. Yeah, I would say forty eight L is what he wears. <laughs> maybe a fifty L. He were at least a forty eight L. That's what I would say. Because we're we're you know we're five years away and uh Yeah, I've already got him sized up. He's forty eight L Get that jacket on layaway for five years from now. Let him pay for it. Get it get it going. He's he's in. Five years. Twenty twenty seven. Get his forty eight L. Throw that forty eight L on and congratulations, Big Ben. Great season. Great career. Great oh, career. Absolutely. No. Yeah, jokes aside, I mean, all seriousness, no, for real. Um Big Ben definitely had a great career. Uh two times Super Bowl champion and Phenomenal, you know, phenomenal career at Pittsburgh, and he probably played for one of the better organizations. At least he can probably say, besides a few others, that at least he played for a bare minimal of head coaches, and like some that can play for three, four, five, and who knows from there. But yeah, he got he got to play for um oh geez, his name escapes me. Geez, like he get Cower, Coach Cower, Joe Cower. Mm-hmm. He played for Bill Cower and Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin's not bad. I know he's taken a lot of heat here lately, and probably rightfully so, but he's what? not a bad coach, though. Mike Tomlin might be my favorite coach in the NFL, dude. If there was a way Denver could somehow grab him, dude, and I know he oh. ain't probably ever leave Pittsburgh unless he gets literally gets fired, um, dude. Since man. 1960, do you know how many coaches – the, the Pittsburgh Steelers have had? Not many. Honestly, in their in their in their existence. I don't know the answer, but I'm gonna go five. Negative. Three. Three. They've had three coaches in their history. <laughs> Imagine that. They've had three in the history of their franchise. And it's a storied franchise. Well, absolutely. And they've had three head coaches: Chuck Knox, or who was the first? Uh, Chuck Knoll, Chuck, Chuck Knoll, mm-hmm. Bill Cower, and Mike Tomlin. That's their three, dude. In their history, John Elway hired four in ten years. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So it, it, you could argue. Outside of maybe the maybe the New England Patriots, that the greatest, the best franchise in in pro football, maybe in pro sports, is the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. Just based on how their ownership is, how their how their stability at quarter or at coaches, and how they've had stability at, at quarterback, and how often they are in the playoffs. They're in the playoffs every year, man. Mm-hmm. They're they're honestly like if you want to be the next owner of the Denver Broncos, that should I want them to emulate what the Steelers do. Look at the Steelers, and I want that to be the Denver Broncos. I wouldn't mind it. 
Right? I wouldn't wonder what. No. I, and I think today's hire at head coach, that's a good – that's a that's a step in the right direction, man. A lot of positive vibe from it. <laughs> that's what I like because – Dude, I'm going to be honest with you. If we would have got like a Dan Quinn or another defensive coordinator, I really would have questioned at this point Denver's just direction in general. I like Dan Quinn. But he might be one of those. He's very easily one of those guys that would get fired in three years. Well, I can think we can go right back to that same situation where we were with Vance and, and, and Vic was we're good on defense, but that's all she wrote. But it, it, yeah, so yeah, exactly. This, this team, this, this hire feels more like, yeah, at the same time, we might be looking for another head coach in three years, but it it's a step in a different direction. It's it's a it's it's a swing for the fences kind of move. I like it about it, and you're right. This could be another one. Nathaniel can come in here and we can be just crappier than we have been the last eight years, but might lay an egg five years or, or (laughs) he might be amazing. Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, but you already know what Dan Quinn is. He's Dan Quinn. He's, he's good. He's good. He's decent. Yeah. But do we want good in Denver or do we want to swing for the fences and maybe be great? We got to swing for the fences, dude. Got to. This, the organization has fallen on its face. It's, and, if you, and if you don't make the right decision, and we don't know how Nathaniel is going to do, he may come in here, he may do well. He may come in here and be average, and he may come in here and suck. I don't really know. But they, they got, I mean, one thing I applaud George Payton for, at least he realized, hey, our offenses seem to be the issue. We got to fix it. So I'll give him that. At least he focused on what the issue was. Now, whether or not we see results on the field, Obviously, it's too early to, to come out and say that, but I like I, it nonetheless. I wouldn't say it's the offense that's the issue. I think it's, it's well, one, leadership. But I think the biggest issue that the Broncos have had is energy. They've been low energy for too long, and the hiring of Nathaniel Hackett elevates the energy in the mm-hmm. building. To like that next level, so we're going. We're going from low energy, which is to me dark, right? Yep. Darkness to high energy, which is light. So we 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 went from dark to light today. We turned on the lights today. We went. We like my wife when she was sixteen and got got electricity in her hometown for the first time. It was like going from the darkness to light. Nice. Today, yeah, that's today. That's what the Broncos organization did today. So that's that's awesome. Like it, it, it's like we we stepped into the new generation, the new era of Denver Broncos football started today. Well, absolutely, this is the first step of the new direction because obviously, eventually, here in the next, hopefully by before the draft, hopefully starts, we'll have new war obviously owners, and now we got a new head coach. I'm sure by Obviously, I think the, the coaching staff will be, you know, depends on if the Rams assistant defensive, whatever he is, if the guy that – assuming that that's the guy that, they, that they're going to go with D, as a D.C., you got to wait until their season's obviously over. But mm-hmm. 
but um, I know I like it. I mean, it's a fresh start. You got a new GM. Now you got a new head coach, and we're about to have new owners. Yeah. Um, I think they're, they're talking about hiring the uh, um, Packers offensive line or running game coordinator. I did Ian Rappaport as, uh, tweet that out. As their offensive coordinator. Run game coordinator as their offensive coordinator. I love that. I love the sound of that. Well, with Javante Williams, dude, how wouldn't you love that? Right? Yeah. How dude. would you not love a run game coordinator being your offensive coordinator with a beast of Javante? He's just going to get better as long as yeah. he's healthy, which he had no health issues. Just, obviously, that's the name of the game. You got to stay healthy. But, dude, Javante, and whether or not Melvin comes back, I really don't know. But I'm perfectly fine with Javante being our RB1. Yeah. Javante is a beast, and he's gonna, he is going to excel in this offense. Um, Javante, another guy, very high energy, very yeah. high energy. Uh, Jerry Judy, uh, he's he is down, like, he's he's been low energy for too long, like, it, it, it doesn't jive, it just didn't jive with it. Vic Fangio's energy and Pat Shermer's energy did not jive with the playmakers on this team. Well, there, Daniel Hackett yeah. is going to elevate that. Well, you got Vic and Pat who are so old school football oh. that it just wasn't going to jive with this young core that we got with Drew Locke. And with, regardless, I don't care if he's a starting quarterback or he's not, but you still got Drew Locke, Javante, Noah. Jerry, KJ, uh, Cortland, the list goes off the offensive line with uh, Lloyd uh, Cushenberry and Dalton Reisner. And I mean, this is a young core. You got to bring energy. These guys can't live in the 1960s. Yeah. The, the, it just didn't make sense, man. Another well, like, play call, it made no sense. I mean, so like you can give Elway, you know, give him credit for a lot of things, but dude, really? That's the guy you brought in? That's the guy that you think was going to turn this thing around? Yep. Those guys? Really? Wow. I mean, I I scratch my head at, like, what have we been thinking for the last, three, like, ten years? Or at least five, right? These last yeah, five six years. Half, like, yeah, five. What the hell have we been – what are we doing? And we didn't hire Shanahan, Kyle, or Mike. But we didn't hire hire Kyle. Why, dude? He high he passed on Kyle just like the NFL draft dude. He passed up on Kyle for Vance he Joseph. He missed, dude. Kyle Shanahan is out coaching everybody right now in the playoffs. Look what he's doing right now, dude. He doesn't have. A, I mean, he's got Garoppolo. Garoppolo's his quarterback. Exactly. <laughs> like. Everybody else in the in the playoffs had a quarterback mm-hmm. that that went that did anything in the playoffs, right? Joe Burrow, he's awesome. Quarterback, dude. By the way, what the what the Bills and the Chiefs did on Sunday was. I'm glad you brought that up because that I was going to get to that. So let's talk some recapping of this NFL weekend. Yeah. I don't watch any of Saturday's games. I I always got stuck at work, but. Yeah, did indeed watch Sunday. Let's go to Saturday. Field goal kicking, dude, was the was 
the name of the game on Saturday. Sam yeah. Fran goes up to Green Bay and um, takes care of business on the last field goal. Dude, let's go to – forget Saturday. Let's go to – even though I, I will credit this. Congrats to Cincinnati and to the city of, of Cincinnati and their fans. Yes. Uh, you got put up with Marvin Lewis for so many God-forsaken years. Ooh, um, shots fired. And so congrats to them for now living in paradise. Yes. Um, and shout-out to Zach Taylor, Norman, Oklahoma, oh. very own uh, Zach Taylor is in oh. the in the AOC championship game, dude. Heck yeah, man. Shout out. The, so, the kitty cat are they are a force right now. So I love it. That's now, a fun uh, team, man. That's a cool team to watch. I'm rooting for them. But if you think about it, dude, I'm not comparing us to Cincy, but we could be like Cincinnati, a young offensive team. Yeah. We, we were better than Cincy. Oh my god, yes. We have a better we have a better team than Cincinnati does right now. The difference is they have a high energy coach. Yep. And they have a young a good young quarterback that fits that high energy mentality. And he's smart and he's a winner. And but at the same time they're not better than the Broncos. No, man no. for man down the line they're not better than the Broncos. In my opinion. So the Broncos could very easily be where Cincinnati is next year with one offseason. In one offseason. They could very easily be in the AFC Championship game next year. Very easily. Then we get to Sunday. Yeah. <clears throat> and dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Kansas City, I have my tweet ready to go out for Buffalo. Bro. I still just have to leave. I didn't realize it was still in my drafts until today. Um, it was still <laughs> in there. So I apologize, Buffalo. But, dude, first of all, what a game. Second of all, is <laughs> Buffalo just with first what, at this point? Sorry. Is Buffalo the, cursed? Say that again. Is Buffalo cursed? No. They're not. They're not cursed. Well, no. I don't think they are. I just feel bad for them, and especially the fans. I will say this, and, I, and I'm, this would be a good topic. I kind of want to get your idea, too. I really do believe, and I hope during the offseason, the NFL goes over this overtime rule and either changes it or fixes it to a degree of either moving to how the college ranks is or at least give both teams a shot at the ball. And I would, just people are like, well, you would have been you've been sad too if, if Denver. Hey, we had the same thing with Pittsburgh back in 2011, in the walk. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not going to sit there and say it's all because it's Kansas City, but mm. I just I really hated to see Josh Allen and Buffalo season in like that, and especially on that game because Josh Allen was lighting it up. Bro, they didn't lose that game because of overtime. Let's be fair; they had 60 minutes. They they. Blew it. 13 seconds. They took the lead. First of all, they took the lead with a minute and 50. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, damn, they gave him too much time to score. So then Kansas City went down and scored real fast. Yep. I was like, damn, they scored too fast. And then then Buffalo went down and scored to take the lead with 13 seconds left. Like, what in the world? 
is going on in the final two minutes of this game? It went touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. And then with 13 seconds left, they kicked the ball out of the end zone, mm-hmm. gave them two plays that netted them 40 yards to get into field goal range and kick the, the tying field goal. That would have yep. Dude, first of all, why would you now hindsight obviously is 2020, right? But right. special teams is such an underrated aspect of NFL football. It's it it, it costs the Packers the game on mm-hmm. Saturday, and it costs the Bills, in my opinion, a big chunk of the Bills on Sunday. So it cost them because they kicked the ball out of the end zone. They got 13 seconds left on the clock. Now, if you if you squib it down to like the five and they have to return it, at, at least there's like four seconds off the clock, right? Now you only have nine seconds to, to do two plays. And I don't know if you have enough time to do two plays in nine seconds and have time to kick a field goal, right? Exactly right. So special teams cost the Bills their 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 Super Bowl because if they win that game, if they if they win that game, I think they win the Super Bowl this year. They're definitely going to it. Yep. So a bad special teams call cost them the Super Bowl. A bad special teams, a bad. Thirty-second ranked special teams in in Green Bay cost them a chance at the Super Bowl. The Broncos have had terrible special teams forever, so special teams plays a huge role <coughs> in wins and losses in the NFL. So what I'm trying to say is, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it it blows <laughs> it blows my mind how important that aspect of the game is and that it's completely overlooked and it's like it's hidden it just doesn't exist even for nfl teams and franchises it doesn't exist so it's costing these guys championships so um yeah wow one play one play changes the entire outlook of the game man and it seemed like this weekend it was it was uh it was seconds literally Four walk-off, four walk-offs, three walk-off field goals, and a walk-off touchdown Yep, in four games. Special teams are critical in the NFL. Yep. And the teams that are good at special teams win, and the teams that are bad at special teams lose. It seemed to me. So I, I, I don't know. I kind of went on a weird tangent. Sorry. Now you go. <laughs> I, like, I think this is one of the best – just from a football fan standpoint, I think this was one of the best playoff weekends we've seen in quite some time. Dude, it was awesome. It was amazing, dude. I had COVID, so I was in. I, I had to stay. I was at home in bed essentially all weekend, and it was <laughs> to say like I was like happy to be able to just sit in bed and watch football all weekend. <laughs> what a great day! What a great week to get COVID, man. So yes, it was uh, it was wonderful, wonderful, just awesome. Every game was awesome. Of course, um, I'm getting the question for you. Uh, of course, that uh, Tom Brady 
Uh, it will not be in this year's Super Bowl. I know it's a shocker for many because, you know, I'm sure we all penciled them in. But um, I don't think he ha- – I-, I think he comes back for one more. Really? You think he's coming back? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Part of me says yes. Parts of me say I think he's done. I don't know, dude. I'm on the fence with Tom. He can. He can come back if he wants. 45 years old. One more year. And he would be a top five quarterback in the NFL next year at 45. But what does he have to play for, man? What is he playing for? Why? What else do you got to prove, man? What else do you have? What else is there in the tank? Well, see, and and a buddy of mine was talking about that earlier um, on Monday. No, it was actually Sunday because we were talking about his pregame. We were talking about um, Tom Brady. I said, if he loses, do we think he comes back? He Mm. said, no, I say yes, just because it's Tom and he doesn't want to go out as a a loser Mm. in the get-go in the playoffs. But at the same time, do you, but you're right. What does he have to play for? He's he's 45. He obviously is perfectly fine financially for the rest of his life. He's got seven rings. See, seven. I thought I thought that if Tom was going to win this year, if he would have won this year's eight, I don't know if he would have then. I think he would have stopped. Dude, I'm really on the fence with Tom, dude. I don't know he's back, back man. He's right now because I'm sure he's thinking about it. But, dude, I don't know, man. I'm really stuck on this fence with Tom. I think he's done, dude. Yeah, he's done. I think he retires. Wouldn't that that's going to be weird, dude? Regardless if it's <laughs> this year or next, when Tom Brady. Um, if Tom Brady, when he does retire, it's going to be weird. Yeah, it is going to be weird. <laughs> An NFL with, uh, with no Tom Brady, is, it's going to feel like, yeah, I, I, I don't know what it's going to feel like. An NBA without LeBron or Michael or Kobe. All right, here we go. So I got the question for you. It took a while. Okay, cool. cool. Um, his question <laughs> – his, he's got two. He's joking on one, but he he wants still wants to hear from it. He wants to know: Are we brothers? Because it's funny that two white guys have gap in their teeth. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> LOL. He says yes. We says, are brothers. He says legit <laughs> question. He said legit <laughs> question. When it comes to sports betting, is this going to be a nationwide thing, or why is it taking longer for each state to become betting? I want to bet on games. Who is your AFC and NFC picks for this week? Oh, great question. First of all, I don't bet on – I'm not a better. I'm not a – I don't bet on NFL games. I work hard for my money. I don't gamble at all. I gamble on cryptocurrency. <laughs> well, I might as well just set my money on fire this week, but uh, that's, that's what I, – I do that. I That's my, that's my gambling. I don't bet on NFL. I never, I haven't yet. But if I were a betting man, I would say, dude, such a hard. Well, obviously, I think Kansas City wins. I think they beat the Cinderella Bengals. It is 
the clock has struck midnight on Cinderella and um, their carriage is turning into a pumpkin when they go down to Kansas City this weekend. So they're out. So I would say Kansas City is my lock of the weekend. And, oh, man. I want to say the 49ers so bad. I want the 49ers to win in the a in the NFC because well John Lynch is there, Kyle Shanahan is there. Those guys kind of the they they have such a strong tie to Denver, right? Right. Two two names that are in the Ring of Fame in Denver, John Lynch and Mike Shanahan, and Kyle grew up here. So I want I want them to win so bad, but. I think it's the Rams this year that are going to go to the Super Bowl for the NFC. And they are going to play in their home stadium of SoFi. They are going to hoist the Lombardi Trophy in Super Bowl 56 on their home turf. The Super Bowl champions will be the Los Angeles Rams. That's what I said, man. That's who I pick, the Rammies, to win it all over the Kansas City Chiefs. Here, here's, here's my, here's my, here's my, uh, here's my pick. Um, and I, yeah. I believe I tweeted it out on Sunday. However, I will say this: I waited for them to actually win. The game, I was closer to the end of the game for them to win before I tweeted that out because, you know, I didn't want to jinx them. But um, um, that uh, – I want the Rams to win on a personal statement. And if you guys don't follow me on Twitter, definitely do. So, there's, so the reason why I want the Rams to win is, is if you guys don't – if you listeners out there, if you don't know um, – if you don't know is my dad's health is obviously on the decline, is not doing well, so on and so forth. Oh, no. Yeah, it's not good. And, I'm sorry, man. Um, and so he's a Rams fan. He's been a Rams fan since, um, oh, God. Um, Deacon Jones. Deacon Jones. Thank you very much. Keep up my tongue. I knew I was going to write there. Deacon Jones was there, dude. He nice. when they played in the blue and white helmets. He remember oh. when they played in the Coliseum out in L.A. When, when, they, when they were originally the Los Angeles Rams. He, that's when he, I don't know how in the world he became a fan. Don't ask me that one. Uh, but so when he moved, when they moved to St. Louis, he still called them the LA Rams. So obviously, when they moved back to LA here a few years ago, he was ecstatic because he can finally say the LA Rams again. Nice. Um, for me personally, I'm, I'm hoping the Rams win because I would love for him to see that one last time. You never know, but um, at least to see it. And, uh, but no, I, I think the Rams take care of the business on Sunday against the Ra- uh, Rams, the Niners. I like Kansas City. You know, the experience, unfortunately, I hate saying that, but you know, the experience for Cincinnati, I think's gonna gonna show up on Sunday. Hopefully, I'm wrong. No, I think it is. it's going to show up quite a bit. Yes, they're just they're just out they're just outclassed and outmatched, and they're they're it's gonna be. Readily apparent from from soup to nuts, as Mark Schlereth would say, they're going to get their tails whipped 
on Sunday. Oh, but I, what a, what a great season though, nonetheless, right? AFC Championship, Cincinnati. Come on. Well, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna I'm gonna own up to it. Is um, I'm gonna own up to it. I really, th- I, I'm not a Joe Burrow guy at all. I I don't like him. But Why not? I do I, not like Joe Burrow, dude. I don't. I, I'm sorry. I, and Dan <laughs> on the BS podcast strictly believes it's because of Chick Fil A Bowl uh, when OU lost to LSU. That honestly has nothing to do with it. I just don't like his swag, dude. I think I he thinks he's better than life. <laughs> 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 and we know Odell Beckham. We know OBJ paid all those empl- uh, employees. We know he paid all those players at the end of the national championship game a few years back. Dude, that was the greatest college football team of all time, dude. The best. The greatest team ever. And Joe Burrow is the man. Okay. I guess. But, you're, not, you're not rooting for Joe Bur- Burrow on Sunday? Uh, it's Kansas City. I got to do. We can't be a Broncos fan and then say, oh, I'm going to root for Kansas City on Sunday. I hope they beat the ass on Cincinnati. <laughs> well, first of all, that's not what I said. I said if I was a betting man, that's what's going to happen. Betting? Well, yeah, absolutely. Well, but I'm betting, gonna... I would go Rams Chiefs easily. Real easily? Easily, dude. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's kind of where that was my point. It wasn't. I wasn't trying to say like. I wasn't trying to say that. I, I hope the Chiefs win. I, obviously, I'm pulling for the Bengals, but I just don't think it's their year. It's the Chiefs again, third straight Super Bowl appearance, and that's oh, what a bummer, right? I wonder. I wonder. Here's here. Go back to this this Tom Brady if he's going to retire thing. Mm-hmm. What if? Mahomes goes to the Super Bowl on Sunday and then they end up winning the Super Bowl. Is Mahomes' career trajectory on par with that of Tom Brady? Could you see Mahomes going to 10 or even 11 Super Bowls? That's seven more in 15 years? And winning seven or eight of them. And if he does win the Super Bowl, does that put him on a career trajectory that makes him the most, the greatest of all time? Meaning Tom Brady would then want to come back to try to knock him off of that trajectory for one more season and put his legacy so far out of reach that there's no way that Mahomes could catch him. Well, and you know, it goes back to that. I was, I shouldn't say I was hoping that Tom Brady, I, I, you know, I respect him and I think he's one of the greatest to play by far, but I know people are getting sick and tired of it. It's just like Alabama and, and George, you know, Alabama and college football there. It's always been, well, I mean, I don't know what to tell you, but yeah. you know, I mean, that's whatever. And it's just like Tom Brady, but that's a good point, dude. And that's why I I thought if if Tom could have won this year, there'd been eight. Then do you think he would try two more years to try to get to ten? Because dude, seven's insane. Seven is anyway. 
seven Super Bowl starts. Yeah, exactly. Insane. Seven championships as a quarterback is astronomical. And just but, think if the Giants didn't do what they did in both Super Bowls, he would have had nine. Yeah. At least eight. I was split with that. Bro, he's got ten Super Bowl starts. But is with this third in a row start for Mahomes, does that put him on a career trajectory that surpasses that? Or just puts him the he he'd be the only one that would come close, right? At this point, just given his age and, and his and his uh team and his ability to win. He could be the one that would go to 11 Super Bowls and wins eight, right? So does that make Tom Brady want to come back for one more year? This person says absolutely on YouTube. Really? Cool. Right on. Yeah, I I think you have – if you're Tom Brady, that's the only reason I would even come back is to secure my legacy against Mahomes as the greatest of all time. And if Cincinnati wins on Sunday, Tom Brady retires on Monday. <laughs> ah, dude. Here, here, here's, here's, and uh, he will in regards to what you just said. Uh, regardless, <laughs> it, regard, irregardless. Um, okay. I, I think he will retire too. I think he'll retire either way. Here, here's what I'm thinking. Okay. Okay. Shoot. <clears throat> Let's play devil's advocate. Kansas City wins Super Bowl Fifty Six. It's possible. It's possible. I don't like saying it, but it's possible. It's not only possible; it's probable at this point. Well, it's yeah. It's probably going to happen. Probably going to happen. Um, but. Uh, so, this, this is what's going to happen. Are you, are you ready for this? Now, I know it's going to be mind-blowing. So, here's what I think is going to happen. Do I think he's going to retire? Absolutely. Patrick Mahomes is going to win the Super Bowl whenever the Super Bowl date is, the first Sunday of February. Here's what's going to happen. Or whatever the date it is. Second February, I don't know. Whatever the date is. I could see it to where Tom retires on that Monday following the Super Bowl simply because we all know what we're going to be talking about Monday instead of talking about the Chiefs or whoever wins the Super Bowl. He takes the spotlight from Kansas City on Monday because guess what? Tom Brady retires. (laughs) One more time. Oh, man. I don't think Tom. Tom's not that guy. You don't think he is? No, he, he, that's petty. I don't think Tom Brady is petty. It, yeah, Tom Brady's a lot of things, but he's not that guy. No, I, I think he does it before the Super Bowl, to be honest with you. I think, well, I don't think he's that petty now, but it'd be cool entertainment nonetheless. But, you know, I don't know what Tom does. I, I You know, I, I don't know. I would say go for 10, but I don't think at 45 you're going to get there now. So do you try for one more? I don't Dude, know. It's, it's so hard. Pass the torch, man. 
I it's the it's time to pass the torch to Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Let the let the young and and Joe Burrow and let those let the young guys get their chance at Super Bowl glory. Get get their cement their legacy, if you will, or begin their legacies. Right. So I, I think uh, I think I think uh, the commenter is correct. I think he'll retire. Um. Probably within a week, in the next week or two. Well, I know I read an article that he's definitely not committed to 2022. So, yeah, yeah it wouldn't shock me if, if he's not going to be like John Elway and, and wait until draft <laughs> week to retire, right? He's not going to be that guy. And I don't think he retires Monday after the Super Bowl. So, I think maybe 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 the week after the Super Bowl, he he'll he'll retire sometime in the next three weeks. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I think I think I think, I think, I think, I think he retires in February. Yeah. Um, what a great what a legacy, man! What a legacy! I, who would have thought, dude? What what pick number was it? I know they always talk about it. One hundred and ninety nine. Oh. Yeah, one ninety nine. And just think, for all you old, the all you millennials that don't know what we're about to be talking about, this is why Tom Brady is where he's at. If Drew Bledsoe, Clyde, if yeah. Drew Bledsoe did not get injured that year, I don't think we would have ever heard of Tom Brady. No, no. Now the cream rises to the top, man. You still think he would have? Yeah, yeah. I think Bill Belichick is smart enough to know player per, the player the personnel that he has on his team. He knew. I think the whole the whole organization knew. Like, oh, we have something with this this Tom Brady kid. I think number twelve, we got something with him. I think they knew that in practice. Practice in in, in I'm talking about practice. Uh, I'm talking about um, training camp. His very first year. I know they looked at him and went, dude, this kid can sling it. He's slinging it around. He, he's picking up the offense. He's, he's, he's leading the team. Like he's, We might have something here with this kid. So, yeah, I think, you know, the, maybe he wouldn't have been the Super Bowl quarterback in 2001 when they won their first one. But he would have definitely been the quarterback, I think, maybe in 20, 2002 or three going forward. That's how long he's been around, man. Since before 2000. Since 2000. He's 21 years, dude. That's so one years in the league. And we, yeah, we just got done retiring 18 years in Big Ben. Yeah, now Big Ben was drafted four years after Tom Brady. Wow. Yeah, legacy. That's so if awesome. I want to know what that choo-choo train was. That was my work phone, so. Uh, Uh-oh. Ignore it. No, you're good. It's just, um, I can't say it because I'm 
always fly, but anyway. Um, anyway. So, no, it's um, it's insane, dude. 21 years, regardless if we see year 22 or not for Tom, just think 21 years in a in a quarterback position to low, which is one of the obviously you're the, you're just getting hit on and hit on and hit on. And yeah. um, I was trying to see. Yeah, that's awesome. He's awesome, dude. Tom Brady is awesome. All right, here we go. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a little flashback here. Bear with nice. me. Nice. Hit me with it. Um, I'm kind of curious. I gotta do this. I'm curious now because we're talking about uh, Tom Brady and his 21 years so far in the league. So well, thousand seasons, right? Yeah, if he comes back, well, yeah, I guess technically 22. Yeah, he's our, he's completed 22 seasons. So <laughs> we're gonna go take a flashback. Uh, we're gonna do a little flashback, folks, and uh, and what I mean by that is we're going to tell you who the 2000 draft class was for the Denver Broncos. For Denver? In 2000? Yes, sir. 2000. I'm going to see how well you do before I say them. Oh, the U2. I don't know if we had a first-round pick in 2000. I don't think we did. I think we lost it that year. We had the so 15th overall pick. 15th? Mm-hmm. 2000. To the person, uh, Ali Gary, guess I'm sure I'm butchering that. I apologize. I'm going to uh, say Delta O'Neill was the first pick. Ah, you good, homie? Yep. Is that who it is? That's who it was. Delta. Delta O'Neill, first round, 15th overall. Wow. Yeah, bust. Oh, who? far, dude. Terrible. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still, you know, if he would ever come on the podcast, that'd be cool too. But, <laughs> hey, uh, Delta, come on the podcast, <laughs> dude. Talk um, terrible last career. Well, yeah. <laughs> We're gonna do a little flashback to the 2000 draft class, real quick. Presented by StormCheck.team. Are you terrified? Yeah. Of is in your storm shelter when the tornado sirens? Are you prepared to spend your night in the shelter? Give StormCheck a call or a text and allow their team of military veterans to put your mind at ease with their services, stormcheck.team. So here we go, 2000 draft, Denver Bronco draft class. Delta oh. O'Neill, first round. Then we had two second round picks. Ian Gold. Do you remember Gold? I sure Yeah, don't. there's no Ian team, but there's an Ian Gold. <laughs> and then five picks later was Kinoy Kennedy. Kinoy Kennedy. Wow. And then we drafted the wide receiver in the third round and Chris Cole. Bust. Yep. Defensive tackle, Jerry Johnson. Uh, what? Exactly. Offensive guard, fourth round, Cooper Carlisle. Okay. Wide receiver, fifth round, Munir Moore. I don't know, whatever. Munir Moore. Yeah. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. Six-round pick was Mike Anderson, the running back. Great pick. Yep. Seventh-round pick. Seventh-round seventh pick. Um, 
And by the way, Mike was 10 picks prior to Tom Brady, just so you know. So we so we technically pass up on Tom Brady too. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, Jarius Jackson, quarterback, seventh round, 214. Jarius Jack. If we're going to take a quarterback in the late rounds, we didn't take Tom Brady. We took Jarius Jackson. And uh, Allie, real quick, uh, let us know about your football expertise of what you think will take place this weekend and who your team is. And then uh, 246, last pick of the seventh round, well, not last pick, but for last pick for us in the seventh round was Leroy Fields from Jackson State wide receiver. Leroy Fields. Dude. So, 2000 draft class, did you, uh, going back in time, presented yeah, by good, pretty. I mean, a pretty decent draft class. Ian Gold was good. Kenoy Kennedy was mm, all right. Mike Anderson was a phenomenal running oh, back. He was dope. Um, yeah, but other than that, Munir Moore, come on, man. We took Munir Moore over Tom Brady. <laughs> that doesn't even sound. Cooper Carlisle. <laughs> He looks like everybody's like state farm agent. <laughs> Dude, we took him at guard. He's a guard. He he's he's guarding your uh, insurance policy right now as we speak. Watch him being carcinated as we say that. Who? Leroy. Leroy? Yeah. Who's Leroy? Who is Leroy Fields? The seventh. Yeah, that guy. Who are we talking about? Moore? I'm talking about Cooper Carlisle. Oh, well, yeah. The fourth round pick out of okay. Florida. I thought, I thought we were still on field. I'm like, okay. Oh, well, no, no. I'm talking about Cooper Carlisle. Cooper Carlisle is everybody's state farm agent. <laughs> I thought that was Andrew Rogers, dude. Even no, though he's, he's catching up to him on that. No, he's uh he's Jake from State Farm. But like oh, if Jake yeah. from State Farm was actually look like a state farm agent, it would be Cooper Carlisle. God dang it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bad pick. Bad pick. Should have taken anyone Tom Brady. That, anyone that's watching, I want to put you on the spot, uh viewers. If you're currently watching this, send Clyde the most inappropriate question for him to answer. Ooh, Ooh I love it. Come on. Hit Do me with it. I know you got we got two so far. I know this thing's inaccurate because they don't show Twitter. So if you're on Twitter, I'm on Twitter. So you're gonna have to Ooh. you're gonna have to uh tweet at me or I'm gonna have to check Twitter real quick. But if you're watching via the YouTube, Facebook, or Twitch. Send your most inappropriate message or question for Clyde. Presented nice. by Law Terrain Watches. Get all your watches at Law Terrain. Use the code Air Raid to save 10%. Nice. Those are nice watches, dude. They're not bad, dude. Oh, yeah. Seriously, dude. Send them your way right now. Do it. Come on now. Final 15. Let's go. What kind of. What kind of horrible question, inappropriate question could you ask? Dude, I don't know, man. 
Somebody, especially on Twitch. I don't know much about Twitch, but I can guarantee that the word Twitch sounds like they got. I'm sure they got some disruptive questions. Yeah, they're on Twitch. Um, yeah. <laughs> what kind of question? I don't even know what I would ask me. But I would surprise myself with the answer. I guarantee you. And if I could surprise myself with my own inappropriateness, I could surprise you too. So hit me with it. Do it. I, dude, I want to be in a, so inappropriate right now. <laughs> this is 2022, guys. This 2022, is- where inappropriateness is not taken lightly anymore. It makes it like, oh, I don't know. I'm kind of of scared of these questions. I really hope somebody tweets or sends out questions. Um, I don't know, dude. This could get interesting. It could. Are they still listening to us? We got currently, we got, according to this live viewer stat, we have one on Twitch, one on YouTube, and it doesn't show you Twitter, so I can't accurately say that one. But okay, uh, but. For those two guys watching right yeah. now, you guys are the best. We love I you guys. I want you to know that you are my two favorite people outside of the one that bounced down the stairs today <laughs> and the one that gave birth to him. No, I take it back. My mama, too. My mama's in there. Inappropriate. Gee whiz. Hit me with something inappropriate. What would you ask me? Mike, oh, dude, that's a good yeah. question. Yeah, I I'm would to know some of your secrets. I don't have any secrets. Have you ever, um, have you ever shit your pants so hard <laughs> that you actually shit your shirt? I have not. No, dude, I shit my shirt one time. <laughs> Were you drunk? No, I was working. With somebody. Somebody was with me at my job and I shit my shirt. (laughs) (laughs) It was my first day. My very first day at my my last job that I had before I bought my own truck. My very first day. I shit my pants so hard. I shit on my shirt. <laughs> was your shirt tucked in? Yeah, oh yeah, I was tucked in. But dude, it, yeah, but still, come on. Well, I, mean, I want to make sure you didn't have like explosive diarrhea or something. I did, of course I did. I was like, oh. it just, ha- dude, ugh. It was one of those. And we were out in the middle of the country. And I was like, bro, I, I, uh, I got to poop, dude. And he's like, there's nowhere to go. Yeah, so, <laughs> yep. Oh, I got one me. via text. Yes. Hit me with it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> yes, I liked my shirt. Loved that shirt. He, uh... <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. the question comes from 
Um, <clears throat> so here you go. Yes. In dire need, what would you do if you created an OnlyFans account? A. B. What would your content consist of? Oh, good question, man. Um, I would probably be a foot fetish guy, but I, I would probably pretend that I was a, a woman, and I would show my feet off, and I would probably fart a lot. <laughs> apparently, farts are in demand right now. Did you hear about that chick that was farting on her OnlyFans and like farting in jars? <laughs> And, like, she got sick. She went to the hospital because she was, like, she had so much gas that it scared her. (laughs) (laughs) And she was farting in jars. And she made, like, six figs, dude. Six figs farting in jars. So, yeah, I would probably fart in a jar, and I would be a feet fetish guy. I I would pretend like my feet... We're at chicks. So you ready? We got one on YouTube. All right, hit me with it. YouTube. I don't know if you saw it or not. Check I, your screen. Are you ready? Yeah, hit me with it. There you go. What is it? So do you guys do threesomes or just podcasts? So do Either you do way we can still talk football. Podcasts. Either way, we can still talk football. I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's no, that's no. It's inappropriate. Absolutely inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, what are we talking about? Who, 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 who was the question? Because it feels like that's coming yeah, from the question. <laughs> it was inappropriate time with Clyde. Remember? Yeah, I get it. But was it a, from a fella or from? Um, no. Yes. If it was from a feller, that's no. <laughs> that's a negative. It's Allie no. Garrigus. Allie Garrigus? <laughs> <laughs> Allie yeah. Garrigus, do we do threesomes? Does that mean, like, what, do you, what are we talking about? You, me and Mike, and you, Allie <laughs> Garrigus? Oh, my God. Can you imagine two grizzly buck tooth? Gap tooth, white boys talking about Nathaniel Hackett while we're DP and somebody DP and Ali Garrigus. Um, you know, <laughs> sorry, man. No, I wouldn't have the stamina to DP. With my man Mike, watch it. Look at me in the eye with the <laughs> with those gap teeth, looking like I'm looking at myself ten years ago. No, that's uh, that's ridiculous. And no, I would not do that. <laughs> it would DP and Allegaricus, Mike. Uh, <laughs> I think my home. <laughs> What's Ali Garrigus? Is that Ali Garrigus saying it again? <laughs> I think Mahomes will be the next Tom Brady, hands down. He's had a brilliant start already. I agree. Ali I Garrigus. absolutely agree on that one. Yeah. Yeah, Ali Garrigus was like, yeah, that's 
That's disgusting. I don't know why I even asked that ridiculous question. Let's talk. Uh, how about Mahomes? How about that guy? He's pretty good, huh? Yes. Patrick Mahomes is... I think Patrick Mahomes is on a trajectory that puts him as one of the greatest quarterbacks, football players of all time. So, yeah, he is on... Dude, what he did to the Bills on Sunday was nothing short of... that was He's an assassin. He is... Well, that's what he needed to get done. And that's what makes... That's what makes uh, Hall of Famers, Hall of Famers. That's what makes legends, legends, is what he did on Sunday. Yep. Yeah, he's dope. He, I, I would, he's, yeah, he's so good, man. And he's such a cool guy. He's so easy to root for. It's like, dude, come on. Oh, it's, we got three viewers, dude. Oh, Holy, yeah. Holy cow. I knew talking about GP, one on YouTube, one on Facebook, and one on Twitch. And I can't, like I said, I can't. <laughs> Twitter, so uh, are the uh, Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. Nice. Send your questions, please. Don't. Oh, we lost one on YouTube. Facebook. Yeah, like, what? Send what did I stumble into? Good. And uh, <laughs> was he talking about double penetration with Ali Garrigus? Yes, I was talking about DP with Ali Garrigus. Sorry. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, have you, no, have you seen that? Fast. <laughs> oh, we lost them. We're down to one. Yeah. Um, anyway, like, he quick. was talking about shitting a shirt. And <laughs> and this, this train has left the tracks. <laughs> Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Uh, yeah, I think it's time to go, Mike. I got to put my boys to bed. Yeah, we're done. Uh, <laughs> All right. Thank you for watching, everybody. Thanks for having me, Mike. That was fun. Hey, we'll do, my man. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for so much for the viewers uh, watching and sending your questions in. And uh episode will be dropping uh, later on, but uh, definitely on a Friday. So get your weekend off on a great start. Nonetheless, Clyde, enjoy your weekend. Thanks, man. And uh, take care of yourself when it's good football. As always, guys, we appreciate the support, and hopefully next week, uh, we'll get uh, some new content out there, but uh, yeah. nonetheless, subscribe, follow on YouTube and all the social media platforms. Search Air Raid Attack. Clyde, have a great weekend. You brother. Guys, you've been listening to the Air Raid Attack podcast. Have a wonderful weekend, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>